0: Tagging from third is Suarez. Goodell comes running in. He's under. Makes the catch. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is oh!
1: Welcome back to the Stupid Money Podcast, our first episode during the 2023 season. Uh, Phillies 4-6, and six, a lot of overreactions early on, I'd say. I think outside of uh, yesterday's game Sunday, most of those overreactions went away, but there, there's still a few out there. Um, Texas 0-3, I mean, uh, they cannot beat the Rangers. I do not know what it is they literally just cannot beat that team and it included Aaron Nola surrendering a five-run lead that the Phillies offense gave him against Jacob DeGrom which was very surprising to see included Zach Wheeler blowing up and that it included them only scoring one run in a game so pretty much everything that could go wrong did go wrong there I guess um I don't know what your thoughts were on that series. There wasn't a whole lot to take away from it, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously the the Nola and Wheeler performances were kind of the most concerning thing for me. Yeah. But like, as far as losing three at Texas, like it's not like Texas is like the A's. Like they spend mm-hmm. a lot of money, they have good players, and I, I feel like I was pre- higher than most, at least some of like the betting lines on them this year. Um, like Marcus Simeon, there's just no way that he was going to be as bad as he was last year. Like their their offense is definitely going to jump up. Um, the shift's gone, so like Seager's going to have a better year. Um, like Jonah Himes pretty good as far as catchers go. He had 16 home runs last year as a catcher, which is pretty good offensively. And Garver kind of killed us that series. So like their lineup's good. And Nathaniel Lowe, every time he was up to bat, it just <laughs>
1: It like felt like paranoid. a home run. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But so, like, their lineup's good, and then they upgraded the pitching, and, like, we hit them pretty well. Like, I feel like for the majority, Sunday night game was pretty low scoring, but I feel like Perez is a pretty bad matchup for us. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. like crafty lefty that just flips sinkers up. Um, but yeah, overall, like, I know you said this after it happened but like if it if that series happens in july like nobody really bats an eye but the fact that it was opening day weekend that's what kind of sent everybody up in arms about it so
1: yeah
0: we'll we'll see how they go moving forward but they they played some pretty good teams between texas and the yankees off off rip so i think that it's it's way too soon to panic
1: yeah i Losing two out of three at Yankee Stadium does not like bother me, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. None of those games were the games they lost weren't really close either, I don't think so. It, it's hard to even. The,
0: the first one was frustrating, or was it the, one of them was frustrating because the like, one with Walker,
1: Yankee. where he was like throwing all over the place. Yeah, we we out
0: hit the Yankees, but they were down like at one point we had eight hits and they had seven and
1: they were winning 7 to 1. Yeah, so that, that was the, that was the first plus. game. Yeah.
0: Other than that.
1: Yeah, I mean that is what it was. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not overly worried about that. But then the Phillies come home, take the first two from the Reds, which was nice to see. Um included I guess two in a way two comebacks. I know the first game was 2-2 and then J.C. Romito hit a two-run home run. They went 5 to 2 second game down two to nothing in the ninth and they scored three runs with pretty not a lot not really anything leaving the infield honestly um a lot of like seeing eye singles and stuff which was you know, it was kind of cool to see um the last game they they were up four to two and blew that sir Anthony Dominguez given up three runs in the ninth I I don't know he he hasn't been that great uh Jose Alvarado has been literally the best Reliever in baseball so far this season. Yeah. Um, Kimbrel's been meh. I guess he hasn't like blown up, but he also hasn't been dominant. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, Soto is very hit or miss, which is kind of what we expected. So I, I mean, I, bullpen wise, it's kind of in in the middle right now. But I, I guess they got to find out who the closer is going to be. And I know they like Alvarado and like the situational mm-hmm. stuff, but if Dominguez keeps kind of pitching like this, I think they have to go to him.
0: Yeah, I think they loved Alvarado in the situational stuff last year because he was the only lefty. But I think as Soto gets more comfortable, he's very similar as far as pitch selection and how he attacks hitters. Like He's very similar to Alvarado. So I think if he gets kind of more embedded and more comfortable with his role and stuff, you kind of let him be the lefty guy, how they used Alvarado last year, and then let Alvarado sit in the back end if he's mm-hmm. comfortable in that and kind of be the closer that just handles the ninth inning and makes it relatively stress-free. Yeah, Sir Anthony's been all over the place. Like, the command's just not there. The velocity was there, which was good, I guess, because in spring training, some of his outings, he was like 95, 96. But I was I was there yesterday on Sunday, and like the scoreboard after every fastball flash 99, which was good to see. He just had no mm. idea where it was going, Yeah, which is a problem for him right now.
1: Yeah. Hopefully that's something he can correct. Obviously it doesn't look like he's hurt because the velocity is there, which is, you know, at least good, I guess it, you know, sometimes these guys have these problems early in the year, uh, trying to get up with the pitch clock too. I think Aaron Nola mm-hmm. really struggled with that in his first start. I think Wheeler did as well. So, Sir Anthony, maybe just taking a little longer to get used to it. It'll probably come eventually. So I'm not too worried there. Uh, you brought up the lefty thing. Uh, Matt Strom, I don't know what they do here because the dude has honestly been the best starter so far this season. Uh, well, he hasn't given up a run, right? He went four or five scoreless yeah. against the Yankees and now five scoreless against the Mets. Obviously, it's very small sample size, but. He fills up the strike zone. He's electric. He's animated, which is nice. Nice to see someone with some energy out there. I, You know, I don't think Ranger's coming back until May because they said he has to go on like a rehab assignment and it'll probably be two or three starts. So that's mm-hmm. like 15 days and we're already April 11th or whatever it is. So he's going to get some more opportunities. I guess we'll see how it goes. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what you think what they're going to do there when Ranger comes back is falter out of the rotation like is are they going to keep Strom? are they going to go six I I don't know if they'll go six just because you want Nolan Wheeler to make as many uh, starts as possible you know it kind of helps your chances of winning when those guys pitch but Mm -hmm. I'm just interested what you think goes on with Strom when Ranger comes back
0: so Strom's definitely been the best starter but like if you're just looking at we we until Ranger gets back we want a lefty in the rotation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like if you look at moving one of them to the bullpen down the road, like Falters stuff just does not play in no. the bullpen. Like we, even against the Reds the other day, like he was getting barreled. Like everything was coming off the bat at over a hundred. So like I just I don't think that'd be the move to the bullpen and. It's interesting because like just thinking from like basic like little league, they always had these pitch counts and it's like, oh, fifty pitches, fifty five pitches, you need like two days of rest or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're if you're limiting Strom to between like the fifty and seventy five mark, which they said they were gonna stretch him to seventy five today, and they pulled him at like fifty, like somewhere between fifty and sixty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if that was because of, of the
1: score. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's yeah, weird. I,
0: yeah. I think it might've been because he sat for a while between like the two innings. Cause we had mm-hmm. such long offensive innings, but still say your, your, your cap for him's at 75. Like he said the other day that he wanted to like come out of the pen. So like, if he's telling you that he's able to come out of the pen, if you just want to use him as a fifth or six day starter, and then let him maybe three days removed from a start one day before the guys throw bullpens in between their starts. Anyways, like, if he's comfortable instead of using the bullpen as like maybe one inning of work, even mm-hmm. if he like say he gets into trouble that inning, you cap him at twenty pitches, whatever a bullpen would be, just let him go out there and eat up an inning and then you have all these lefties at your disposal that you could kind of use the bullpen how you want and let Alvarado close if you want to
1: yeah I obviously him going to the bullpen definitely helps because then Alvarado is for sure your closer because it gives you two situational lefties. So th- that part I do like about Strom in the bullpen. And obviously, you know, when Ranger comes back, he's not a slouch by any means. He's very good. Number three, probably number two on a lot of teams. So you know, yeah, I, I I think eventually you want Strom in the bullpen. It is nice that he has the ability to give length though. If you needed two innings out of him in a game, you know, in a big game that you need to win or something like that. So that that I like. Uh, I kind of guess spared the lead here, but Phillies won 15-3 tonight. Nine runs and ten hits on Sandy Alcantara, the reigning NL Cy Young winner. Uh, it got started with a Jake Cave home run, which is funny, I guess. But the offense after I, I kind of up and down the first week, I guess, some high-scoring ones, and then looked like they were going to get no-hit a couple times. Uh Come out 15 runs on Alcantara is pretty impressive. Uh, Boehm and Castiano seem to be, and Stott too. I'll give Stott some credit in the leadoff spot now. Seem to be really carrying uh, the weight here, especially there's not a lot of power in the lineup right now.
0: Yeah. Um, Schwarber swings look a lot better as far as the power mm-hmm. aspect, like especially tonight. But yeah, sticking with the three guys that you mentioned, I understand what they were doing, kind of keeping Stott lower, That, like in the sense that you want to lengthen the lineup and make it seem that you have the deep lineup. There's no really – like there's no soft spot for a pitcher to kind of relax. But that doesn't do you any good if the top of your order's not grinding out at bats or just striking out all the time, which we saw the last – we especially the Red Series, the first three in the order were horrid. Yeah. Like a lot of strikeouts, not even really competitive at bats. A lot of them are three or four pitches, maybe five if we were lucky. But I think moving Stott up there, even whether it's one or two, like we saw tonight that the one inning, it was that's how the top of the order should works. Stott gets on, steals. Turner boots a single over, steals. Like it's just that's what when you when you sign Trey Turner and look at the top of the order, granted you expect Harper or Schwarber to be up there, but that's what you want to do. You want guys who can steal bases, run the bases, get on in front of your power guys, and just manufacture runs that way.
1: Yeah, I like that Schwarber is now third because, to me, if you're going to bat him, I know third's still kind of close to the top of the lineup, but if you're going to bat him at the top, it has to be one just because of the swinger miss or walk Homer, whatever you want to say, the three true outcome guy that he is, he doesn't work in the two hole as much when you have Turner who wants a run, wants to steal bases and just need a contact guy behind him. Now he's still behind him, but now sure being more in an RBI role with Turner who makes a lot of contact having someone who was also fast in front of him. It, it helps a lot more because guys are on bases more. They're running more. I think moving Schwarber back is the right move. And, you know, Castellanos now in the cleanup spot. Now, we'll see tomorrow when Rio Mito comes back. I, I I wouldn't touch the top five, though. I think Rio Mito is the guy who needs to move down. I, I think yeah, I he's think. kind of been a weak link. I know he had the big two-run home run in the one game. But outside of that, he has not done a lot this year whereas Castellanos leads the league with seven doubles. Bohm is on fire with three home runs and 11 RBIs. I, those guys need to stay up, and obviously Schwarber is going to be up there because, you know, it's who he is. I, I think Real Muto needs to be the guy, that, the guy that drops to six or maybe even seven, because if you want to put a lefty in there, Marsh has been excellent so far this year.
0: Yeah, I the, the thing that throws, like, obviously JT... Is kind of like a a reliable three hitter, but Mm -hmm. just that's not what you you look for in a three hitter. Like he's a good, he's a great contact hitter, but like the power's not there. Like twenty, like he'll hit twenty home runs. He'll give you twenty doubles, maybe. But like I, like you say this all the time, but I like he on a good team with a great lineup that's deep. He's a five six hitter like he's not Mm -hmm. really or a two hitter like he's not really a top four hitter he's a guy that gets on base if there's guys in scoring position he'll drive them in with whether it's a single over the shortstop's head or something like he's not the guy that you stick in the three or four spot and expect big home run rbi numbers like that's just not who he is he's obviously top three top two the best offensive catcher in the league but it's not like the catcher's a corner infield spot where you're expecting 25 to 30 home runs.
1: Yeah. And you know, Rio gets close to 25 a year at what he had 22 or something like that last year, Mm -hmm. but it just lengthens your lineup more. I think with him Mm -hmm. down at the bottom being asked to do less. Now Marsh doesn't have as many at bats (laughs) as everyone else because of this whole Christian Pache, uh, Marsh can't bat against lefty thing, which really needs to go away. And hopefully it does after tonight. Uh, But Marsh honestly leads the team in OPS with a 1.352 over a thousand, way over a thousand. Yeah. Uh, Two home runs already, which this is a guy who I think had 11 last year or something like that. Uh, Might even have been less. Let me see. No, 11. 11. I think five of those with the Phillies or something like that. So a lot more power, uh, 385 average, making a lot more contact. I don't expect him to you know, obviously hit that much over the course of the season, but he's definitely a way better player than the one they picked up from the angels. And I think kind of put him six, he has speed too. And then real Muto behind him, let Marsh steal and real Muto try to drive him in. I think that's another recipe for success towards the bottom of the lineup. And I think it lengthens it a lot more going that way.
0: Yeah. And especially if you, kind of stagger if you go like Castianos 4, Boehm 5, Marsh 6, and mm-hmm. JT 7, like Boehm and JT seem to have a little bit lower strikeout rates, so you're kind of staggering the strikeout guys between mm-hmm. Castellanos and then a, a contact guy, Marsh, JT, a contact guy, it's like you're, you're giving yourself more opportunity if there's guys on base the strikeouts won't necessarily kill a rally if you kind of stagger those guys instead of lumping them all together.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think we saw that tonight where the contact certainly helps. I mean, they hit a few home runs. Boehm hit a huge three-run home run. But a lot of it off of Alcantara outside of Cave's home run. It was just making nice hard contact, finding gaps, running. So if they keep doing that, they, they will score even. Because they do have to make up for the fact that, look, they're missing 70 home run, 200 RBIs a year between Harper and Hoskins right now. You have to, Mm -hmm. you know, Amundo Sosa is a nice player. I like him, but putting him and Cody Clemens in the lineup does not make up for that. You, you know, they're decent fill-ins, but they're not that. So you have to find ways to make up for that by running and, you know, moving guys over. It certainly helps. So that's, they kind of have to keep doing that. And I hope uh, Thompson sees what happened tonight and kind of sticks with the same lineup because I I think it works for now. when Harper comes back, we'll see because it gets weird. But
0: yeah, and with with Marsh, you kind of touched on the whole pull him against lefties. I forget if it was before the home run or after the home run, but he it was
1: uh it was before actually, yeah. So
0: now he's four for eight with a home run three extra base hits maybe and three strikeouts against lefties. So like it's extremely small sample size, only eight at bats, but like the, it's not like he just stands there with the bat on his shoulder and looks like completely lost at the plate against lefties. Like he's still, he's still a professional hitter. And if you trade your best hitting prospect at the time for him, you have to, you owe it to yourself, the organization to give him a chance to prove he could be the everyday guy that you're kind of, you're trading a valuable piece of your yeah. organization for.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, is is uh, going off with the angels right now, honestly, as their starting catcher already. Um, so yeah, it, it would be a bad look to say we traded him for what we consider a platoon player. Mm-hmm. I, I guess is the best way to put it, I, I think just keep riding it with Marsh. You have enough, even without Harper and Hoskins, I think you have enough pieces around him where if he has a couple bad games against the lefty, so be it. You're, it doesn't help him. It doesn't help the team for him to just, you know, hide from the lefties. He, you have to face it eventually. I, I don't know where we get off. What is he, 25, 24? I don't know where we get off thinking a player of this age is automatically a platoon player without giving him a, tra- a chance to prove you otherwise. It is very odd, and I hope it's, after it's today. Yeah, it is. And I hope after today they uh, they see that, and now we get to ride with him. And I also so upset. Christian Passe is awful. And they yeah. really can't put him out there, so that that also kind of helps in a way.
0: Yeah, and if you if you as an organization, if you truly believe in Pasha and whatever the raw tools are, just give him like two two and a half weeks off. Let him actually kind of get integrated with Kevin Long, and for our sake as fans, keep him like out of sight, out of mind, so that maybe in like three weeks, if he's like. Back in the lineup, and you want to try it all over again—the the whole Pache experiment. Yeah, like just give him kind of a fresh start where it's not right in our face because he did have some costly errors the last week in games that were
1: close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's all good points. If you kind of get this moving along a little bit. Uh, last guy I want to talk about Trey Turner. Uh, our first. Glimpse of him over the last nine, 10 games or so, uh, three forty nine average, two stolen bases, a couple triples, a double. He's hitting the ball like crazy. I, I was mate, exp- not so early, I was expecting a little more power, like a couple homers and some more doubles. But this dude hits like I, what nine out of ten games he has a hit now. Uh, yeah. th- I think three more hits tonight. Uh, he he gets on, and he's fun to watch run too. He certainly is. I want to see how many – he scored scored seven runs so far this season. So, yeah, seven runs scored already. That That's a pretty good number through 10 games. So he's making things yeah. happen.
0: I, I think right now – I mean, we saw – like in the World Baseball Classic, we know the power is there. Yeah. And he's – even like his extra base hits, they haven't really been like power extra base hits. they kind of been like cue shots down the line or like – Line drives that are in between in the gap, and he just uses his legs to get to second or something. I, I think he's in between right now. It seems like the changeups are getting him a lot. He's kind of guessing fastball and swinging over the top of changeups. So I think just as he gets more comfortable and into the season, I think the power will start to come. But yeah. that's just been he's aggressive early in the count. So guys are kind of taking advantage of it and just having him swing over top of changeups. And then before you know it, he's down O2 and he's kind of fighting. Mm-hmm. But I think as time goes on, the power will start to show up as he gets more comfortable in his at bats and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think I think so too. I, it'll come. But uh yeah, he's been fun to watch so far. I I have with, definitely enjoyed it.
0: With his track record, I like it's not like he's one of these young guys. Like we we know what Trey Turner is. I yeah. think it's pretty safe to say.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh so Four and six on the season, obviously a lot of people, I, a lot of people who I think just watched the playoffs last year and uh, w- weren't used to losing. Uh thought the season was over at 0-4, and 4, and I was like, you guys clearly weren't here when they were 21 and 29 and fired the manager and made the World Series, yeah. but whatever. Uh, they do have a chance to make up a lot of games, though, over the next 10, 10-ish games or so. We've got two more with Miami. You just got through El Contra. Now, yeah, Miami has a couple other tough pitchers, which you're going to have to deal with, but manageable. Four at Cincinnati, just took two out of three, probably should have won all three against them. Then three at the White Sox, who are, they're five and six right now. They're average, I I, I guess is the best way to put it. I, I don't know. They're not what they used to be. And then three at home against Colorado, or four at home, excuse me, against Colorado, who's, four and six as well so in that what do we got there we got 13 games in that 13 game I think they could go if they go eight and five nine and four like we're back you know up on the upward trajectory before the schedule gets hard again because after that it's three against Seattle then three at Houston and three at the Dodgers so Mm -hmm. a tough nine game stretch after that so it'd be nice to get over 500 heading into that I think they can do it I especially if Wheeler and Nola kind of get back on track
0: yeah it's just like looking at the schedule the the rest of the Marlins series they have two good arms and then we go back to Cincinnati we we saw Green and Lodolo two pretty good arms and we missed Graham Ashcraft but he pitched tonight so I'm assuming that we'll see him over the weekend like Mm -hmm. this three pretty good pitchers there and then Chicago's just weird because like they have the like they have Cease they have Lance Lynn Kopech's been getting hit pretty hard I don't know who we're going to get in that series it's still a week and a half away but like they have good arms too so I guess it it just depends on matchups and a lot of those guys are all fastball pitchers so it'll just depend on how we're seeing the fastball and how they kind of go about working counts because Cincinnati's bullpen didn't like Diaz was their like big arm. And we saw once he got past 15 pitches, he had no idea where the ball was going. Mm -hmm. So I think they just, if they go into those games with good game plans, as far as working pitch count or jumping on fastballs early, I think that they should be in,
1: pretty good shape to come out of that stretch with a pretty favorable record yeah i it it would be nice just to get over 500 with that uh stretch i think they will and then obviously it gets tougher but we'll deal about that then so yeah i i think as long as they keep the lineup this way and i expect nolan wheeler to keep getting they both were a lot stronger in their second starts than their first and uh no no they don't one of them misses the Reds. Nolan misses the Reds, right? Cause they yeah. pitched the next two games, right? Yeah. So Nolan will not get another crack at the Reds, but Wheeler will. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to be looking okay from here on out. So we'll be back in a couple weeks to, uh, maybe a week or two depends on what happens. Let's see how they've managed through that, that stretch. And, uh, Hopefully the the lineup keeps hidden like it did tonight because then people will stop complaining about the team. (laughs) So, all right. Thanks for watching.